0: Welcome to Stacey on the Right, the podcast, where we discuss issues far and wide. We've been talking about education, and we're going to delve into that and so much more political landscape with today's guest. We have Sunny Johnson. She is the host of Sunny's Corner on SiriusXM, The Patriot 125. And she's a political commentator. She speaks at CPAC. She does a lot for bringing the conversation home as to what needs to be done to win by Republicans, and it's a difficult subject, but she does not shy away from it. And I'm so glad to have Sunny with us today. Sunny, how you doing? Glad to have you, favorite. Thank you so much for having me. So, when we're looking at what's happening on uh, the political landscape, and I, I want to start off by just delving into straight up what what the Republican Party could be doing differently. And I don't mean on the on the simple like, oh, they just need to knock more doors. I mean, we're talking about there, there's a big fight with the RNC right now. I just saw that Jenna Ellis says she is renouncing. She's no longer a member of the Republican Party. She says the Republican Party left her. There's a big fight going on behind the scenes between the Republicans and President Trump over who's going to run the party and who's going to kind of be the most influential in the midterm. But the other conversation that's big that may be not making news is the one that's happening among black Americans who are independents, black Americans who are Republicans and people who want to see the party do something differently. And you're leading that conversation. So what would you say they need to do? What needs to happen next?
1: I think the very first thing, as in with most problems, you have to admit that you have a problem. And so I think with the current Republican Party and not just the leadership, but also kind of the base because of the way the Democrats fight and the intensity of their fight, the base and is always on the defensive. So it is very easy for the leadership to get away with not being held accountable because all the base actually wants is to be defended from what the left is doing and they take advantage of that uh, of that need of political protection and they don't fulfill the promises that they made to the base. So before you even go and start talking about black issues specifically, if you just look at the way that Republicans have treated the conservatives within the movement where after we built and you know, cause both of us came at the same time with the tea party after we built that kind of apparatus that took over, gave them the house, gave them the Senate, gave them the white house. They were still unable to fulfill even the most basic tasks that we sent them there for, including things like Obamacare. So if you, if you, really want to solve the problem you first have to legitimately uh recognize that there is one and say it out loud and start to hold these people accountable because i'm like at what point are you going to say it's not just democrats that love big spending like when we get at 35 trillion dollars when we get at 40 like at what point are you going to say no it's the entirety of what is happening in our political system and that includes republicans
0: oh so you hit a lot there and When you talk about the Tea Party days, I remember thinking, could this work? Could 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 a movement like this actually work? Because it was just regular people and it was a lot of on the ground. You know, it wasn't the RNC wasn't involved. It was not the GOP proper. It was a bunch of people who maybe weren't even politically active ever before, who suddenly just started wearing those Gadsden T-shirts and attending rallies and really just started talking about freedom. And it did it worked you're right they, there was a massive sweep and then in response to that massive sweep and all of that power that was given to the Republicans they kind of they were they were uh, frozen they couldn't do anything they couldn't do anything on immigration, school choice I mean we're talking about basic kitchen table issues that they were unable to move on and so then it kind of created a, a cycle where they'd say help us take the country back, help us win and then, the The body politic would deliver a midterm shellacking for them and then they would go back in and do nothing. So there's been a lot of talk about cleaning the party out, removing people who've been there too long, stopping this. Uh, it's like a, a conveyor belt of it's my turns, but that's what brought us Mitt Romney and even John McCain. Now that President Trump is still, he's technically the, the head of the Republican Party because he was the president and it's the midterm election coming up next. Do you see him activating that same sense of cleaning things up and acknowledging that we have a problem? Because he did speak to some of the issues of the kind of entrenched politicians who really didn't help the forgotten man, the forgotten woman, people in America who really needed the help, who were left behind by Republicans.
1: Um, is I, I would not even restrict it to a single person as to just put it like, or lay it at Trump's feet or put it even in that arena because it's not. It is the base. It is us. Um, we accumulated that power. They didn't do it. The politicians didn't do it. We did it. And that was one of the most comfortable times I have ever been on the right because it wasn't an expectation that I had to change the way I dressed or that I had to change the way I spoke or that I had to exclude the fact that I was black from the conversation. Like, those things were never a part of the dialogue at that point. When Republicans got their hands back on it, that's when those exact same conversations started to bubble back up again. So we have the capacity, we have shown that we are able through voluntary association to accumulate the kind of power that can deliver us a we have We have proven that, we have seen that with our own eyes we also saw how it was taken away once we started to put like you said the normal people that had actually built it when we started to push them aside for the politicians that made it look good and kind of you know put the cherry on top and that's all you looked at so we neglected the people that actually did the work and those people were focusing on mostly local issues yes while we had national concerns like um, like the national debt or like the IRS spying on us, you know, government being overburdensome. Yeah, we had those national concerns. They were there and they were present. But if you went to a tea party, most of the issues that were discussed at that, at that local meeting or that local event were going to be local level issues. They were going to be things that directly affected the people on the ground. And that was what allowed it to build itself so fast into something so big and strong and formidable, is that it wasn't based on the national picture that the media tries to paint. It was actually based on our republic and how it is supposed to work, local level starting everything off and then growing from that point. So we had the formula because that was right. We have a republic. You start at the local level. You build the grassroots. You develop it up. Nothing about that strategy was wrong. But we have to understand and, and clearly call out the political leaders who, um, who are never held accountable when they get that kind of power to do what actually needs to be done. And I think a big part of that comes from the base not understanding a lot about civics, civics in general. And I'm not just talking about learning American history. I'm also talking about understanding how a party structure works understanding the difference between the national party, the state party, and your local party, understanding how each one of them connects with each other, understanding how congressional seats are picked, how they're run, how they're supported. There are a lot of little nooks and crannies about how a party is actually put together and runs itself kind of in a cog-like fashion that people need to understand because if you don't start replacing those cogs You're never going to be able to change the system. And I think that that's one of the biggest mistakes that uh, President Trump made when he was in office. He thought that the top position was going to be enough. That is never going to be enough in a republic. In a republic, you have to have the government that is closest to the people because that is still where the most change effectually happens.
0: Yeah. So the understanding of civics has gone way downhill. If parents aren't teaching civics to their kids themselves, the kids aren't learning it unless they're in a, you know, classical education school or a more traditionally modeled private school. Public schools now are really, they've caved into the hardcore left and they're engaging in activism to convert America's children into Democrat soldiers as opposed to well educated, uh, you know, individuals who can grow up and make political decisions for themselves, which brings us to school choice. And so, you know, not knowing civics dovetails right in with school choice, because where there is no school choice, children have only public educations as an option. And when that's their only option, they end up coming out. They're, they're like automatons. They only know one set of facts. They're, they're unable to absorb a differing view or opinion. And they're constantly triggered. And they're the ones who are now marching this country towards socialism. So what what would you say is the most impactful mechanism for parents right now who are just waking up to the CRT just waking up to the NEA and the AFT saying they're going to fight and dox and do whatever they can to parents who don't agree with CRT they maybe have just been asleep at the wheel and now they're just realizing oh my gosh I I can't leave my kid in this public school or I don't have a choice to take my kid out of the school other than homeschooling what do you what is your message for them
1: you you have to learn history yourself um, and that's, that's it. There is no government answer to this. School choice is not even a government answer to this because even if it is not uh, disseminated through the school system, it will be disseminated through the culture. Um, and it, either way, this is going to be something that has to be dealt with. So the only answer, the only solution to this period, point blank, is that we have to be the stewards of our own history and making sure that we pass down that education and a lot of people on the right who are finally waking up to what the left is doing via education before you jump on to the next thing you should probably learn the history of what was done before and understand that the reason that we got here is because the first curriculum that was put into place was a false doctrine So when schools actually started to uh, teach history and incorporate history in a more public traditional way, they were pushing lost cause history. So a lot of the Black history of this country was neglected or omitted, and it was never taught. So now you have a reckoning because of the Internet, because of the access to information, and uh, um, for the ability for people to share their personal and family histories things that would never be written in history books, a lot of that history is being recovered, it is being restored, and it is being retaught. And what I refuse to do is to take that real American history and label it critical race theory. Like, that, we cannot do the same thing that was done to us and expect different results. So we've already had history whitewashed. We've already had history... um, um, it just for the feel good aspects of it as opposed to the actual context of what happened. So, doing that again now to try to defend yourself from critical race theory is no better. The answer to it is understanding all of history, seeing the good, seeing the bad, the bruises, the rewards, all of it, and still loving this country. If when you actually love someone, when you deeply, truly actually love someone. It's because you, act, you see all of them. You know that there's good in it. You know that there's bad in it, but you choose to love anyway. And we have to go back to that kind of love with our country, not where we're running just to see her beauty, to say that we love her, to say, no, we can see when she's battered, when she's bruised, when she's down, and we're still going to love her. That love is just going to look a little bit differently because we need to get her from where she is to where she needs to be.
0: We need to get back to that. We do. We do. It, it, but that's that's adult talk. Okay, so you're you're talking about people behaving like adults and some Americans have that capacity, but many of them don't. They're they're not able to even absorb what you just said because in their minds Something's not worth loving unless it's doing exactly what they want it to do, and and that's that never comes to pass. You know, I know you've been married for a while, so have I. We once you've been married for a while, you realize it's not about controlling your spouse. It's not about getting them to do what you want them to do. It's about having a relationship that you're doing your best for them, they're doing their best for you, and when the mistakes happen, when people fall short. That is a part of the process. You're getting over that. You're going through that. And you're on the other side. You're consistently maintaining the commitment. And I feel like there aren't a lot of Americans, especially on the left, who are committed to this country. And maybe maybe even on the right, the the lack of commitment shows itself up as being unwilling to work in the process and take responsibility for our role and how we got here.
1: And and yes, and it's it's a two pronged it's a two pong uh problem, definitely. But we have to pick a side, kind of, and and it you hate to be in that position where you like you have to pick, but we need a political machine that is able to defend this country domestically. Period. And if you look at the two political machines that we currently have, which one Is easier to reform, is already closer to the principles that we say we represent, and actually has a historical attachment to us. That would be the Republican Party. So if we know for a fact that we are going to need a political machine for this country's domestic defense, and we align more with what the Republican Party is supposed to stand for, then the only option is to push reform and and to make it known that there, there's a shrinking bubble, this echo chamber and it's continuously getting smaller especially as the kids continue to grow. They don't want this baggage. They don't want to be called racist. They don't want to be called sexist or homophobic or any of that. And I had this discussion with my daughter and she she just said it the best way I've heard it. Shes, like, I just want to love the people that love me. I don't want to have to attack a political affiliation to that in order to have that love. And as the kids grow up, that's what we want from them. But we on the right are making it so if that's what they want to do, if they just truly want to love their fellow man, with no political attachment to it. Just honestly be good people. Mm -hmm. Is there a spot for them on this side, in the right, as it currently stands? And I would argue no. So... If we can't look at ourselves and be like, are we providing the kind of safe atmosphere, the kind of place that we can nurture the next generation to actually take over this country? We're not providing that. We're providing a toxic environment where everybody operates over who can snatch whose scalp instead of actually having tough conversations that are pushed by people Um, with honest intentions towards solving problems and we have enough of us have to be those honest brokers that the charlatans no longer are able to control the conversation and so i just hope that i am a part of making sure that conversation is pushed forward in its totality instead of reduced to the toxicity that currently exists on the right
0: Wow. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think there, there's a lot of work to be done. It starts with, you know, people basically, you, you said it at the very outset, acknowledge that there is a problem. Then you can address that problem. You can go forward with, uh, you know, solutions. People have to be willing. And the, the, the first step in being willing is saying, Hey, you know what? This current system's not working. Uh, The way for us to move forward is to figure out something new and to not punish people who are having the conversation instead to try to understand where they're coming from uh, and contribute and then move forward with some action. Because, you know, I enjoy talking. Obviously, I do because I'm on, on the radio, but there's a time to move on from discussion to action and to make things tangible, tangible goals, tangible things that we can work through so that. The midterms next time looks different so that the candidates that we're choosing, they look different and that there's communication because we can't get rid of the party apparatus. I always tell people, you know, i am we don't need to burn the apparatus down. That is just a system, a mechanism of tools that we can use to get the, the vote out, to get things done, to help candidates. But we do need to change the way that people think about that apparatus, the way they use it. and
1: The uh, cause they can yeah. The ones control who control it. it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and that's going to take a little bit harder. But when we see people like Jenna Ellis, the profile that she has, um, talking about leaving the Republican Party and, and criticizing the RNC, we know that the message that you have been putting forward is reaching those heights as well. So I'm uh, really excited to have you here. And I, I was watching your you did a town hall with SiriusXM XM where you talked about some of these same C- concepts and precepts, but you were applying it to people having activism at their local level. Um, you've been an integral part of this conversation since like you said, bursting onto the tea party scene years ago and I'm so glad that you're here doing this and that people get a chance now to hear you on my podcast talking about it and to begin their thought process on getting their civics education uptight, making sure that their kids have that, and then moving towards action, doing something that will make a difference not just for the midterms but it's for our whole country when we're all working together.
1: Yes, and, and if we do that, we the, America has never failed to raise a generation that did not protect and save her. And what we need to understand is we are that generation. It's not going to be your fellow American citizen that saves you this time. It's going to be you activating to save America. And she is worthy of our defense. She deserves our defense. And it is time that we actually get up and start defending her.
0: Okay, so I totally agree. I'm so glad we got a chance to talk, Sunny. Thank you so much for joining me today here on the podcast, and I look forward to hearing you on SiriusXM on your program. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Good to talk to you. So I want to tell you about one more quick thing before we end the podcast, and that is the Alliance for Shared Health. This is health sharing. It's a ministry where you get to literally kind of choose your coverage and kind of go in and be a part of the over 40,000 other households who are participating in this, sharing the financial burden of healthcare expenses, including need sharing for critical illness, accidents, dental and vision you can access the virtual care provider at zero cost, pick up your prescriptions from the pharmacy using the share prescription card, order lab and imaging tests at discounts of up to 80%. Open enrollment is actually right now. It's year round with, with Ash. So you can just head over to stacyontheright.com, click the banner ad. Um, You can also go to familyvisionmedia.org and click the banner ad. There are so many places uh, that have our ad up. I have it over at LinkedIn. You just go there, click it, Go straight through, check out your options, select your coverage and your plan, and then you're in business. You can reach out by going to my website, again, stacyontheright.com or familyvisionmedia.org and start sharing and saving today. The Alliance for Shared Health, changing healthcare and changing lives. All right, be on the lookout for my uh, podcast that's coming up that is... The audio of a speech that I gave to the Illinois Worldview Conference, that is going to be up and live here uh, shortly. So check that out as well and share the podcast. God bless.